I am Captain Matthew Gillespie of the Philadelphia Police Department's 18th District, and this is Aftermath Philadelphia, a podcast that hosts critical conversations with those involved in reducing the epidemic of gun violence in the city of Philadelphia. This podcast features candid episodes that highlight different thoughts and perspectives while offering strategies to lower the violence. I'm really excited in this fourth episode to have three high school football coaches. I sit down with Coach Pat Montgomery of Boys Latin in West Philadelphia. Also at the table is Coach Nick Lincoln, currently the head coach at Delaware Military Academy and formerly at Imhotep. And Coach Valencia Peterson of the organization ODAT, or also known as Open Door Abuse Awareness Prevention. We talk about how it takes a village to raise children, the struggles and challenges kids have these days, how not to normalize violence, and the importance of prevention when it comes to violence. The thoughts or ideas on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the thoughts, ideas, or opinions of the City of Philadelphia or the Philadelphia Police Department. All right, everyone, welcome. This is Aftermath Philadelphia. I think now we're up to almost our fourth or fifth episode. And and this is one of my favorite. Growing up, having mentors and coaches in my life, I have three heavy hitters. I have Coach V here in person, Coach Pat Montgomery here in person. I'm going to let you guys introduce where you're from. And on the phone, Coach Nick Lincoln. Coach Nick Lincoln, thank you for uh, calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, you guys, coaches as well, thank you for being here. So let's just let's go around the table. So I'll start with uh, Coach V first. Introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, my name is Coach V of Valencia Peterson. I'm the executive director of Open Door Abuse Awareness Prevention. I also coach football at Pinwood High School. Uh, I'm Pat Montgomery. I'm the head football coach at Boys Latin Charter um, in, in Philadelphia. Coach Nick. I'm Coach Nick Lincoln, um, currently the head football coach just recently of Delaware Military Academy, but I've spent 10 years coaching football in the Philadelphia region. All right. Thank you, everybody. So let's, I mean, let's just dive right into it. One of the biggest things I see as a police captain uh, with victims of gun violence, those that are, are participating in it, unfortunately, is the age. The age is young people, you know. So the role that you all play in a preventative measure, not just in coaching the sport, but helping these young people make good decisions, um, Coach Nick, can you can you kind of give the audience a uh, you know quick synopsis of why you got into coaching? You know, I'll, I'd be lying if I didn't say at first for me out of college it was to stay close to the game. Like having lost the ability to play, um, you know, I wanted to stay in the game. So it was the game that kind of made it intriguing. But for me to say. Um, that's not enough for me to be in it still, you know, 13 years later. Um, it's really seeing young men, um, you know, because I only coach football, so I only really work with, with young men. Seeing that, that transition to adulthood, seeing them change and mature, um, seeing them make it out of their circumstances and, and really just become successful men in our community. That's really what is the payoff. That's And I can tell you, following... Uh, one of the programs that you coached, you know, a few years ago, I, that definitely is something that I have seen. And Coach Pat Montgomery, same thing with the program that you run, Coach V, um, you know, and yeah. I'm sure the same. So if you could go, Coach V, what, what um, brought you into this? 
So I, I, if somebody would have told me I would be coaching football, I would have been like, absolutely not. Uh, I used to work mostly in um, intervention for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. That was my lane. Uh, but I got tired of being behind the eight ball, so I went for prevention. And I ended up going uh, through, the, through the medium of sports. Now, the thing with us and what we do with ODAP and the whole prevention thing is my passion arose out of my own trauma. My father killed my mom. And the thing for me was to get in front of young men and help them, you know, to prevent, to become that person. Because the truth is, I don't think my father woke up that morning to decide to kill my mom. You know, I'm going to jump in here. I always say to my cops, and Pat, you've heard me say this, I'd rather prevent Mm-hmm. an incident from happening right, right, then have right. the officers make the arrest. Exactly. And you know, that's why ODAP exists. It, that's, that's phenomenal. Coach Pat? For me, it's similar to uh, Coach Nick. Um, you know, I got it involved to, to really be about the game and to continue, you know, my background. And, you know, it's football. I love football. You know, and the more that you've done this, you know, this is, I'm going into what, either my 15th or 16th season coaching and in the city, it's to watch the young men develop, you know, and seeing, you know, from a from a young age as a freshman, where they, you know, they have a hard time even putting their helmet on or tying their shoes at times. Yeah. To when they're leaving as seniors, and you know they become young men, and if it's you know going on to college or going on to the military, whatever it may be that they want to get into, mm-hmm. that you know we're here to develop young men and and mentor them to help them see that there's a better life out there for them. You know, and, and Nick, I'm going to come back to you first with this question. You know, that whole process of seeing them develop over that four-year high school span, you know, you see the challenges that they have, you know, whether it's, you know, on the football field, in the classroom, or, or at home. When it comes to the 18th district, you know, when we get to know some of the families that have, you know, are, are involved in, in some issues that the police get involved in. You know, we learn of the challenges these kids have. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about the, the high school age young people. Can you guys, and Nick, I'll start with you, you know, can you talk about some of the challenges that your players or students have um, just on a daily basis that, the, you know, kids in Philadelphia and certain neighborhoods deal with that other, other kids, to be quite honest, just, just don't have to deal with? Coach Nick? Sure thing. Um, you know, I always want to get to know each player individually because they all come with, uh, you know, a myriad of different circumstances and issues and triumphs as well. Um, so many different places to start. I mean, I, I guess you'd have to start with the poverty level. Um, some of our young men, you know, and this isn't all of them. Some of them are dealing with single parent household, mm-hmm. um, specifically some of our young men might not have a strong male role model in their life. Some do. You know, I've had players that have both parents there and yeah. the same commitment and stuff, but at the same token, you, you see, you know, young men not being not being used to having, um, you know, males as mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with poverty comes, you know, the, the um, just the, the streets. I mean, like, the temptation to make fast money. Um, yep the temptation of attention of social media and what that looks like from from guns to drugs to money um it's 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 just a there's a lot being thrown at them at one time and then on the same token you know on the flip side of that i feel like our schools are poorly funded and that's not a philadelphia problem i think that's a federal problem um 
I don't think we have enough opportunities for young people, even out of sports. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel good about the kids I, I grab from football, like that are interested in, but I also think about those kids that don't play sport and what we're yeah. doing for them um, out of school. So that, that's kind of like, I guess, a lot, but I think for a young person in Philly, like sometimes just from teaching, I would tell them like, man, I'm just glad you came to school today, let alone like if you did your homework or, or all the other things we're asking you to do. I'm just, I'm just glad you're here and you're, you know, you're part of our community. And that's really where I'd start with them. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's something I've heard, you know, whether it's boys Latin or some of the other high schools out here, it's something I've heard from the educators. We're, we're just glad you're here today. You're living another day. You know, Pat, you, Weighing on this, it's you know it's 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 tough because you know the circumstances of some of the kids that we deal with, you know, I'll I'll take it even before I was at Boys Latin, I'm thinking of a, you know, a Boys Coast alignment, and you know, we had a kid that at a former school that I was at that, you know, in the summer for workouts or in the fall camp, would walk from, you know, thirty forty blocks just to get to practice, and say that, hey, I haven't eaten today because, you know, in his family situation, it was either his little brother ate or he ate. Yeah. So he would give up the chance to eat so his little brother would eat. And and I think that's the hard part that, that we run into, like, because sometimes you don't know what you're dealing with until you have those conversations. And, you know, kids are prideful. Like, we're prideful as, as adults that – they don't, you know, you're breaking down those barriers to get them to talk about stuff. And when they do break them out and, and trust you enough that, that you, and, and you want to help them and, and, and do whatever, you know, you can do to help them. And then you take it from a whole different standpoint, like right now, like, you know, we're dealing with a pandemic. And, you know, it's a virtual world for the kids on, on for their schooling. And, you know, like, I can sit and tell you know, said player over and over, you need to be online, you need to go to class, go to class. But we don't know sometimes what's happening at their home while they're doing that. Yeah. Or like suddenly like, you know, hey, you need to you need to take care of your little brother and your sister so mom can go to work today. Yeah. Nice. And, and then and then 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 trying to balance like oh, right, do I want to come down hard on the kid because he's not in school, but understanding the circumstances that are involved, like some of it's a whole different world. These kids are definitely, they have a lot of lot of responsibility, some of them, a lot of stress. Coach V, any thoughts? Well, basically, you know, from a prevention standpoint, you know, once we get the kids, like, first of all, I think coaches, are the whole team, the mentality is a beautiful platform for prevention, all kinds of violence prevention, right? And the other thing is once we get them on that team, our goal is ODAP. Is to, to, is to sow into the kids to start developing an awareness of what's been normalized, which is violence, right? They normalize this stuff because they have no other choice. This is how they live. They learn to cope with it. They end up... I, the thing that grieves me the most is if I'm coming like Emotep, one of the young men got shot, and I come into Emotep, and I'm sent, talking to them about it, and they was like, Coach V, we see this all the time. So I don't want my guys to start growing up just like stepping over the body, if you mean. You understand what I'm saying? No no, empathy, no feeling. So part of prevention for me, right, is helping them not to normalize this. And you know what? You you tied in right to my next next point, right? Because what I tell these police officers is like the minute that you – 
you respond like, oh, there's no big deal. This is just normal. That that's that's when I'm worried, right? That's yeah. when I'm like, that's you're you're that that's a hard thing for me it's to hardness. to see, right? Yeah, your empathy is gone, empathy and this is for all three coaches. You know, how has trauma affect these kids? Because I, to your point, I have seen some kids. They may not be involved in athletics, but out on 60th Street or Market Street, and you talk to them, and it's like, well, that's just the way it is. That's what they say. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have – it's not. It's not. You know, so, you know, Coach Nick, any thoughts on that? Like, you know, how have kids, if any, you know, that you've come across with that, that, have, that have kind of experienced gun violence directly or indirectly, how have they dealt with that trauma? And honestly, here's another question for everybody. Have we done a good job as society of helping these kids get through that trauma? Um, so that's a big question. I would say to your last question, no. And I, I'm not going to point fingers, though, because I think it's it's larger than just one group. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Think, um, I believe that the young people that are dealing with trauma, fortunately for the guys that we interact with, I think football is a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. The difficulty, I believe, as we've done research in ODAP and talked to guys that, you know, stop playing is, like, football doesn't last forever. No. Right? And sports doesn't last forever. And if your only manner of dealing with trauma and dealing with stress is through playing sports, what do you do when you can't play anymore? What do you do when you're at home and something triggers you? That's a great um, point. It's your safe place. And so, you yeah. know, I, just, yeah. I, I think overall it's the apathy that's difficult. Yeah. Um, the initial thing you see. Um, but then it's also like, I don't know if we're, in terms of the societal question, I don't know if we're giving them enough outlet and voice to really feel secure in themselves to be different than the, the narrative that, that we hear, you know, on, on music and social media, like, to kind of fight what's been normalized to Ms. V's point. Like, it's not easy being different than everybody else. So it's like, we also got to find leaders and create leaders in the community. Um, but trauma is just a, it's a lifelong, like, it, it's going to impact kids for forever many years down the line forever if we don't you know help them figure out a positive way to carry it because there's no way to like eliminate it um and i've learned too in different cultures and communities like all kids have issues and problems but they just get multiplied when you're in an environment like um some of our neighborhoods you know some of our communities let me just jump in here and say a big part of this is awareness yes that's why it's open door abuse awareness what i found is that when you sit a kid down uh-huh. And you explain to them, this is why you're acting like this. This is how you, this is why you feel this way. It's half the battle. Because if you can tell a kid, it's not your fault. Then the kid gets an aha moment and says, I can make a change. I didn't cause this. I'm not responsible. And that's the aha moment that I think we sleep on. And we don't understand the power of that. Getting in front of a kid and explaining to him the way, the way you feel the way things have ended up for you is not your fault. And this is how you can start to overcome. That's what we try to do at ODAP. We put before them what the issue is, yeah. what may have created in them that they have nothing to do with, nothing, yep. and give them the tools to do the opposite. That is our main focus with ODAP. And, and, that, and that's our role as coaches, too, is, is to say, like, you don't have to continue on this spinning wheel of what you think it is like you know our job as coaches is develop young men but it's also to give them opportunities to do more with their lives if, it, if it's to go to college if it's to go get a, a trade go to a trade school to become military you know, a worker like a military whatever it is 
to provide opportunities for them to see that there's a bigger world out there for them and, and that it's not normal, so to speak, the, the, for them to have... Like, we, want, we want to give them those opportunities. You know, you, the three of you brought up a great point, which is like explain to the... And they're children. You know, explain to the young person, explain to the child what's going on in their head that this is not your fault. You know what I mean? I had we, we did another episode where we talked about, you know, why does somebody why may somebody be so angry and then pull a gun out and use it against somebody else? That's right. Um, you know, and, and it can be tied back to some trauma that they might have had. Yeah. Right. They don't know how to resolve the issue exactly. in an appropriate way. Right. And that's one of the other reasons, the other things I see. Um, and Pat, I've seen you at practice, you know, and you hold the kids accountable. Um, but you also like you, you problem solve out there with these young kids, whether it be a play or a d- defensive strategy or whatever. And it, it is it's teaching these kids problem solving and working together and resolving an issue um, the appropriate way. And, you know, I, I just I, I really think, you know, how challenging and, and Coach Nick, I'm, I'm going to direct this to you. How challenging can it be for a young person that may live or, or have circumstances beyond their control, right, Coach Vay? That's right. They, they have the talent, the drive, they, they have the passion to, to go on to something else, whether it be college, the military, trade school, but they have so much adversity. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to keep them focused? Then um, maybe not hard is a question, but how do you keep that young person focused to get them to their goal? I would say, first off, it's just consistency. Um, you know, it's like an everyday, and that's the hard part, I would say, right, as a coach. And just listening to Pat and, and, and Coach V, it's like, the last thing we get to do is really coach football, right? Like, Amen. That's a good point. That's going to be the... It's a lockout call plays, right? But all week, like, like especially as a head coach, that, that's like the last thing that I even get to think about. Like you're running around making sure this player ate. Um, did this player fill out his NCAA clearinghouse so that he can, you know, apply for school? Does he even know what that is? Like you're checking grades. You got parents calling you about playing time, but their kids skipping school. Like so, it's there's all these these different issues hitting you. Um, but it's just like this consistent messaging. I think young people they they want consistency. Some of them are, are growing up in environments that are inconsistent. Um, Maybe they've had to grow up being a in an adult role earlier than they were really prepared for. Yeah. Like you can't you can't call some of our young young men children, even though they are right. Mm-hmm. They're 15, 16. That's a great in point. Their mind, like they're grown men. They grow. Because, to be they honest, grow. they're doing grown men stuff. Yeah, they've had to take on the role yeah. of a grown man. That's um, that's a great point. That's a great point. But I think it's also like a shared responsibility. Like even in the coaching world, I think the pandemic kind of brought coaches together a little yeah. closer. Yeah. But I think we all kind of like need to share best practices of off the field stuff. Like how how do you get a kid recruited? How do you keep a kid engaged in ninth grade? Because honestly, it's really like if a kid has the ability to play college football, it, it's determined by their ninth and tenth grade grades in film, maybe. But really, like they, it's hard to dig out of a hole that you created in ninth grade. And I feel like a lot of our kids are coming to, you know, the, our charter schools or our public schools. They're coming from 30 different middle schools. Yeah. And so you've got 30 different English and math teachers and you're trying to figure out, like, what, what do we need? How can I support this child? It's a, it's a lot. Um, 
but I think it's like it, it's a it's a it's a village, right? You gotta have teachers on board. You gotta have community members like yourself being on board with Boys Latin is huge. Um, nonprofits. I think it's like we all have to. We gotta circle these kids because um, they deserve it. Now, I, I one of the uh, ep- other episodes we did was called Investment is Key. You know, and that's that's just it. You have to invest. You know, everybody. Pat, I well, think you had something to say. Kind of talk. You know what, what Nick was talking about, and, and going back to the question you asked, like to us, like for me, like if I, I see it with my guys that are that I'm successful with. It's about building that trust, because a lot of them, to Coach V, Coach, you know, or Nick's point, like they may not have a positive role model, a male role model in their lives, mm-hmm. and them knowing that, yeah, I may dig in their ass at practice on this, but as, as we walk off the field, I still love them, and you're going to do whatever you can do to help them. But to Nick's point, it's consistent every day. Like, they know when they're on that field, like, this is the way the coach is going to be. Yeah. But I also know that if I pick up the phone or I send coach a text at 11.30 at night, that he's going to respond to me or be there for me with whatever. And it's, it's about building that trust because once you got their trust – then it's easier. Then it's it's like dealing with anybody else. It, it's you know, it, but your your players have to trust you. I um, I mean that's a perfect segue into my next point. Tr- trust is key. You know, schools usually you know I don't know what eight to three, nine to two, two thirty something like that. Mm-hmm. You have practice two hours after. Um, you know, you and I talk a lot, Pat. You know, I would text you even before the pandemic. You know we would see a lot of your players after practice, right? So the trust of the police and these kids, um, that that is equally important in this issue, I feel. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, the the importance to you uh, of the police community aspect or, or at least us getting to know these the kids, your players? So for me, it, you know, when I took the job at Boys Latin, um, you know, it was nice, you know, you and I knew each other a little bit, but... Yeah. To, to reach out, and for me, like, I wanted to build that bridge with the police for, for a couple different reasons. Number one, we all know at some stage in, in our coaching careers or whatever, one of your kids is going to get in trouble. Yeah. And for me, it was, if he gets in trouble in the district that we play in or where our school is, that we have enough relationship with the officers or whoever... Not to get the kid off or anything like that, but to know that that kid is going to be taken care of and treated the right way. Yes. And that there's a little bit of a trust and like, you know, be it that, you know, Matt, you pick up the phone and say, hey, Pat, is such and such one of your kids? Boom. Like, it, it yeah. makes it a little easier. But it's also about, you know, having your officer stop at practice. Like, just like, hey, like, see the kids. Like, like, you know, and, and you know. You know, it, it, let's face it, I, we, you and I talked about it. Like, the first couple of times we were in practice, like, yo, what's up with the cops being here? Everybody was looking at each other. Like, 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 like what's going <laughs> on? Like, cops no, are over no, here. No, 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 like, it's, it's, it's good. Wow. And then they started to break down some of the walls and stuff like that, and it was good. And then, you know, we came up with that idea of, like, we have a leadership group on our team where, you know, you know Matt, you were great because you wanted to put together some kind of, like, a leadership program for the kids. and. You know, a couple of days a week there, once every other Friday or something, the kids would come down and have a leadership class. And it's just something to bridge, to bridge that gap. And, you know, I actually want you, you know, I'm going to turn it back to you, Matt. Like, you, I remember there was a time you called me at some stage and said, 
hey, I ran into a couple of your players out on the street, and they crossed the street to, to talk to you yeah. because of, you know, talking about football and stuff like that. No, I mean, it, it's like I said earlier, you know, we would all, we want to have a positive interaction or prevent something from happening because we know you, mm-hmm. you know, then make an arrest later down the road. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that the entire department feels that way. Um, you know, Coach Nick, have you ever had, you know, any kind of police community relations in any of your programs? Honestly, have you ever had any kind of bad experiences? Because I think having even a bad experience and learning from it is part of this process. Um, overall, I think the, the only time we had a police officer come speak to my team was through ODEP. Um, we had a police officer from Coatesville come and speak to us out at camp. Um, I did have a police officer on staff at MOTEP. Okay. Um, he was a, he was a coach on staff. I believe he worked in West Philly, but like above um, market. So I'm not sure exactly what district that would be, but I'm not. I don't think it was in yours. Um, overall, I think it's like a twofold. You know, this isn't a podcast on policing, but we are talking football and police work. I think it benefits the police as well to get to know the young men in the community. Um, you know, if you talk over changes we can make about how we work you know policing in our communities in philadelphia one of the big things would be a like can we get people from the community and if we can't can we get people that are invested in the community because i think a lot of the young people just looking from their perspective would say like these cops don't know what it's like to grow up in in whatever north philly west philly um wherever you are in the city they're not from here they don't look like me you know like they're just trying to get me in trouble and I think when you guys are able to like bring the barrier down and, and show up at practice and and realize that a you know they're just kids too, um, and b for them to realize you guys are our our fathers and brothers and you know normal people that like watching the game on Sunday and you're not like in your uniform 24 hours a day and yep. you know yep. I, I just think it's a it's a big barrier breakdown um, when when it's just a relationship thing I mean that's what we're all in it for right like. You're in, you're in policing probably because of the relationships. It's the same thing for coaching. Um, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see the interactions at a young age. Because then, then, like you like, uh, Pat commented on, like the young people feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what it is. Um, so I haven't had a direct relationship like you guys have kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. But I see the huge payoff for both sides. No, I, I agree, Coach V. You see you nodding your head. Is it? Yeah, I Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a woman of color and a lot of the young men that I serve are black. And so, you know, half the time in their mind, all they have to do is look like they did it. Yeah. And they're going to get in trouble. So it was important for me as, you know, with my organization that I would humanize uh, a police officer. Uh, that I would be able to help them understand what to do in the situation. So I, I made it my business to bring police officers to our and introduce them to teams so that they would understand what they should be doing. Uh, first of all, like Nick said, you know, uh, they, they go home to their families, they eat, they sleep. It matters to them to be good fathers, etc. So yeah. I wanted to give them a human, you know, face, you know. So I did that to make sure that police officers were involved in our program. You know, you all three of you summed up really that police, you know, player, police student, police uh relationship that that we should have we really strive here in the 18th you know the pandemic obviously hurt that um and and me i i do think you know you can't necessarily quantify it with numbers and data but i think that does play a role in helping to lower some of the violence and is a question i ask everybody no matter who their what their profession is 
And I'm going to go around the, the table. I'll start with you, Coach Nick. You know, what suggestions? Because the, the best suggestions I have gotten to lower some of the violence, lower some of the issues, mediate some issues have come from, you know, the citizens, the coaches, the teachers, people in the community, people that are invested. You know, Coach Nick, what, what suggestions do you have um, to help kind of quell this this issue, lower lower some of this violence, just from your perspective as, as an educator, as a coach? Right. Um, you know, the simple answer to me is, like, love, right? Like, we got to invest in love in the community. Um, and how, so how do you make a 12-year-old, 13-year-old in, in Philly? Because really, like, unfortunately for me, Matt, I think through my process of being here long enough, I think more about, like, how can I make a 10-year-old not want to ever pick up a gun versus how can I get a 21-year-old to put one down? For me, um, wow. you know, my world has kind of been in, like, let's try to work this prevention piece. Yeah. Um, how can we make it so, you know, a fight doesn't escalate into that, right? How do we help young people deal with embarrassment? And part of it is what ODEB does. I mean, it's really, like, emotional awareness. I think in schools we don't really teach like we teach, you know, I'm mad or I'm feeling some type of way and I'm, I'm happy, right? Or I'm sad. There's so many, there's so much depth to emotions. Like maybe you're jealous or you're embarrassed or, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like, like to Pat's point earlier, maybe you just didn't eat today. Like you're malnourished. So your, your body is, is fighting back on, you know, something that normally you could handle. But right now the stress is too much. Um, I think we need like, youth involved i don't know what that looks like completely but um i don't know if it's like like young police or just like mediation tech like young people have the answers um and i think sometimes they get closed out of the conversation and decisions get made for them and about them and unfortunately like for them right the people that make decisions have never had to grow up in the exact circumstances that they are like none of us on this call none of the teachers that they have have ever had to deal with a pandemic and been in virtual school all year and yet you know, we're telling them to do this and that, and, you know, you can do it and all this stuff, but, like, maybe sometimes you just need to listen to them, you know? Like, what what do you think? Um, you know, some of my best ideas have come from young people, so, I, uh, honestly, I think we need to give them the voice as well. I wholeheartedly agree. It should be, there should be some kind of de-escalation training in schools and, and let them, let these young people have a voice at the table, 100%. Coach V? I really think that, uh, and, and, and this is, again, not, it is not a shameless plug. It's because I know it works, right? I really feel like just right in the school, we ought to start a real prevention, uh, social-emotional prevention program, right, where we help young people understand what's going on with them, just like Nick said. Now, just quickly, I met Nick, what, in 2014 as a football coach. He's coaching his team. I walk around and I go up to him and say, do you want to do a prevention program? He says, yes, and here we, here we are today. Mm-hmm. Same with you, Pat. Like, shout out to you for bringing ODAP in to your program. So it's really about prevention, prevention, prevention. From middle school to, to, to high school, we got to start helping in the, work, in the area of prevention. So let's, we got the platforms. We need to use them. Pat? It's, you know... To me, it all comes down to trust, and it's, you know, developing that level of trust, like, you know, as coaches, we deal with, you know, set population of our teams, and I think that our, most of the kids, on 99% of the kids on your team would say, yeah, I trust my coach because I know that they've got my back, right. and it was kind of like, you know, Matt, when we talked about developing the program, 
with the officers and stuff like that. Like it was developing that trust that you know we're all in this together. Like I'm not here to jam you up. You're not here to jam me up. Like it's not about that. It's about having a dialogue. Yeah. Into Coach V's point and Nick's point. These kids will tell us everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I think we 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 don't allow them the the platform to to speak. You know, it's that old like ah you don't know. Yeah, but they do because it, it's they do. like we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And, and, no, I, and I these agree. kids are they they can they we, I learn more as a coach from my players than I do from anything else. Like it's like, you know you know, like for me to sit down and say like I understand exactly what some of these young men go through I'd be lying if I said I, I don't, and and that's why like you know I I was willing to do this program with ODAP and, and work with Nick and you know it, we're in this together like it, to Nick's point like it's a collaborative effort. it's not it's not about me and boys Latin beating Emotep yeah right How about yeah that? when we line up on the field yeah we can compete yeah and I want to beat you and I want to do whatever right right but at the end of the day like we're all on the same team because we're doing the same thing mm-hmm. yeah. we're all here to help kids. Educate kids, grow kids, give them a better opportunity with their life. Listen, let me tell you something else I think about this. This is off the book, but I'll tell you. If just imagine this, if starting in elementary school, right, we started dealing with assumed trauma in kids' life early, right? Just early. And again, kids know. And what they don't know, once you reveal it to them, they're like, let's go. I, I can do better. We give them the power to do something better. But just imagine this. We start in, 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 in elementary school up into middle school actually having classes. Classes. You know, we do arithmetic and all this. What about classes on social-emotional social learning? Let's get kids to understand themselves early on. Let's give them scenarios. If this is going on in your family, you're probably feeling like this, but it's not your fault. This is how to deal with it. Well, I, I do want to say before we end that, you know, the, the mental health workers, the social workers, the, the teachers that don't necessarily have training in that, but do, do their best to understand uh, that I've interacted out here. You know, they do a phenomenal job, but I do, to your point, um, Maybe more streamlined. Do you know what I mean? Like an actual class. Yes. But, Relationship uh, one-on-one. Listen, what I, what I do want to say b- before we leave, you know, the point of the podcast is to show the city, the world, that there are some tough times in Philadelphia right now, no doubt. But there are people, you know, we talk about the grind. There are people oh, grinding yeah. on, the, on the ground level to change lives and, you know... I can't think of, of a better profession, really, for prevention, you know, when it comes to a coach. I, I want to thank all of you, whether it's Boys Latin, you know, Coach Nick, Imhotep, or Delaware Military Academy, ODAP, uh, Coach V, all, all three of you, seriously. Equal amount of heroes in my eyes of what you do every day to prevent change lives, keep these kids focused um, while they are kids still maybe living an adult life. So thank you all for being on the show. You know, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, Thank you, uh, Matt, for taking on a role that, you know, a lot of people, when they're younger, and they might not choose to do. And I think you're doing a selfless, you know, servant leadership, community organizing piece as well. So I appreciate you for what you're doing. Yeah, and and just allowing us to have a platform Mm -hmm. to talk about it. You know, like like we've all talked, you know, 
If 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 I was lining up, our, our team was lining up to play Delaware Military Academy this weekend, and I know Nick would say the same thing. Nick's gonna want to beat me, and and, and get after Let's me. Let's go, Pat. Let's go. Let's exactly. go. But at the end of the day, and at the end of that game, we're gonna hug it up and say, "Hey, man, I'll talk to you next week, and like, let's figure out what we gotta need to do to hey, like to get better." Man, right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Having a positive effect on these kids' lives. Exactly. So. It's it's not about it's it's all about like. The, using the game of football, but we're doing something much bigger than the, much just the game of football. Well, listen, again, I want to thank every one of you. Coach Nick, I appreciate calling in. You know, I know you had a busy night. So I appreciate it. So thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it.